This is the Mormon Mixed Faith Marriage Podcast with Certified Life Coach, Brooke Booth, episode number 13. All right, we're talking about ordinances or really any big church event. So we're talking about things like baby blessings, baptism, priesthood ordinations, endowments, temple weddings, missions, all of these Right, I like to call them rites of passage. My undergraduate was in anthropology, so that word just makes perfect sense. These are rites of passage that we go through as anybody in the LDS culture, right? This is just part and parcel to being Mormon. All of these things are part of our experience. And they're a big deal for a number of reasons. Right? As rites of passage in Mormonism, this is where friends and family gather. This is our excuse to have parties, right? So as such, they have both religious and social significance. Yes, they may be a milestone on the quote-unquote covenant path because, well, you're literally making covenants with some of these, but they're also social and cultural milestones. I said earlier, times when family gathers and people are celebrated, there are excuses to get together and and celebrate. And as such, the religious and the social often mix together and can be difficult to separate. Another really interesting reason these are kind of a big deal is because of the social and religious mixing and how they're structured, it can be set up in such a way where you or your spouse cannot hide your face status anymore. Sometimes we like that to be under the radar that we've had a faith transition, our spouse has had a faith transition. But these particular incidents, these rites of passage, force us to come out of the closet, for, for lack of a better metaphor. For instance, if the father isn't baptizing or the mother isn't witnessing the baptism, and the father's not blessing, you're not present in the sealing room or in the endowment room, it becomes obvious. You can no longer hide the faith status. Sometimes I see um, polarization. So there's another reason this is a big deal is sometimes there's polarization. Spouses get entrenched. Ultimatums are are given. May say things like this must happen or this must not happen. And we'll talk about that in more detail. Um, First, I want to tell you two quick stories about two of my children and their corresponding baptisms, or really in one case, upcoming baptism. So I kid you not, but this very Mormon, I mean, this very morning, that's kind of funny what I just said, this very morning, uh, my husband and myself and our seven-year-old were all together. And my husband says, this is a good time for us to all talk about something. So of course, I was very curious. And my husband says, you know, to my son, you're turning eight. You need to decide what you want to do about baptism. You don't have to get baptized at eight. You might, you might want to wait until you're eight and a half or nine. Like you don't have to get baptized at eight. Something to those general effect. And I didn't say anything at the time, but I'll tell you what I was thinking. As basically like, okay, this is where I need to remain open and curious and listen. And I was also thinking, oh, he's taking this, like, he's he's learned. 
like from our past experience, he's treading lightly. He's clearly doing this, um, trying to respect me. I know this is outside of his comfort zone, and I appreciate that. That's what was going on in my head. So then my son says, you know, I think I want to wait till I'm nine. Interesting comment by him. My husband then says, you know, we're meeting with the primary president after church today to talk about some of the fun activities that you can participate in when you turn eight. And then in my head, I was thinking, okay, this is why this was brought up now. And so then I said to my husband, can you counter the messaging so that baptism's not presented as fun or the best choice and that it would really be silly to not want to be baptized? And I said, you know, a lot of times these baptism is sold as really amazing and really important with the underlying message that you'd basically have to be daft to not want to get baptized. Then we both sort of had the presence of mind to laugh a little because, of course, this is how it was going to be presented. Of course, this was going to be the messaging because that's what all the adults there believe, including my husband. So back in my head, I kind of reflected and thank goodness I was in a good mood. And I laughed a little bit and because funny that I wanted the believers to teach my son or my husband, right, also a believer, um, what only I can really effectively and honestly present to him and teach, you know, the option and considering um, why you or why not you wouldn't want to get baptized. So then I asked my son, like, do you go to church with dad so you can play Pokemon Go? And he just broke out in giggles because this was really, and to his own admittance, this is really the sole reason that he goes. So then I thought about it some more. And I thought, you know, I really do want him to have quality time with his dad. And they do. That's part of what getting ready and going to church is. It's their time. And I want him to know the truth of why he's going. And it looks like he's pretty aware of why he's doing that. And I want him to make his own informed choices, as informed as a seven-year-old can make. And it sounds like that's, you know, he's going to be informed by me and his dad and primary president. And you know what? I'm okay with all of that. I'm okay if he gets baptized or not. So then I was able to say, you know, this is your choice here, but I just want you to know that I'm not planning on attending, but I don't have a problem either way. And then back in my own head, I was, I really appreciated that I was able to be so clear and direct about my preference about attending because I knew I didn't, if I attended the chances of me being snarky, probably a little too high. And mainly because I just don't really enjoy going to baptisms, never actually have. So I decided to go not to hide, not to stonewall, just because I knew that would be my own preference. And that would probably be one of the best ways to support is to not be, not to show up and run the risk of getting snarky. And then the most interesting part of it all is we just moved on to the next top of a conversation, effortlessly, easy, nobody was hurt. Nobody was offended. We remained connected, gentle, and completely in love. Like, it was actually a beautiful conversation. It was actually beautiful. The whole time, believe it or not, I was resting my head on my husband's lap. My, my son was cuddling with us, and we were just all chilled, relaxed, and in love with each other. Now, this is in direct juxtaposition to what happened 
three years ago at my daughter's Lily's baptism. So she's 11 now. And at this time, I was pretty much in the thick of my faith transition. So there was a lot of unsettled emotions and and a lot of things going on. And I wasn't clear really where I stood and lots and lots and lots of fear. So um, I have a very typical Mormon family. If there's a baptism, everybody wants to be there and support. And so that's, that's exactly how this was set up. We were planning a family reunion and it was going to coincide with Lily's baptism. So all of the family was going to be there. And well, I have one sister who did give a secular talk and that was discussed in, and when I say secular, she talked about, um, like a, a talk celebrating Lily and celebrating, um, goodness and, and things like that. But her grandparents were so proud of her for making the right choice, right? Her dad, frankly, it wasn't a consideration that she not get baptized, And Lily loved being the center of attention and the focus. So there was how I perceived it, pressure from family, like we've got to do this, of course she'll get baptized. And me, I was basically kind of a hot mess. I felt stuck. I was angry. I wasn't super happy about it. I wasn't super kind. I did not enjoy it. I did not help my husband enjoy it either. Probably a little bit of the opposite. And I see these two different situations as, you know, really opposite in how I approached the whole situation, the whole decision, my willingness to communicate, my willingness to understand just night and day. So I want to talk about some things to consider as you have to deal with making a decision around some of these rites of passage, whether it's baptism, baby blessing, temple marriage, anything, these principles can apply. So one is, this is a social event, right? It's a religious and it's a social event. It often involves family, friends, the ward. So a question to ask yourself is, do you want the social aspect? A lot of times in our culture, it's it's a package deal, religion with social, religion with cultural, religion with friends. Are you okay taking the religious aspect along with the rest? It's an important question to ask yourself. Sometimes um, we're not okay with it. Sometimes we are. It can be helpful to know. Another question to ask yourself is, are you willing to let others know the truth about you? Are you ready for that? As we talked about earlier, sometimes this sort of leaks out by our level of participation or the level of participation of our spouse. Maybe you're not performing the baptism or acting as a witness. You can stay home or you can attend the event. It's totally up to you. Both are really 100% okay. But what I want you to consider is like I did at Lily's baptism, I showed up, but I did not show up helpful, kind, or loving. I was not helpful, kind, or loving. How do you want to, if you do want to show up and be present, how do you want to show up? So let me give you an example of a client I had. He was going to attend his uh, a family member's baptism. I believe it was his niece. And he was apprehensive, right? He was apprehensive for all of these reasons. He wasn't going to be in the, you know, participating 
He knew people might judge him about that. And there was some apprehension. And we talked about it and he decided he still wanted to show up and he still wanted to be loving and he still wanted to be there to support and love. He loved this person. He wanted to support her. This was her decision. So he knew he couldn't be a witness. He couldn't be in the circle. That was okay, he decided. But he still wanted to show up to set up chairs and to give hugs and to just love and create that help create that feeling of love for this person who was so important to him. And guess what? That's exactly what he did. It was fantastic. And I want to suggest this is available too. And if you want that to be available to you, another question to consider, are you willing to let them be wrong about you? So back to Lily, I was so afraid of judgment from my siblings and parents. I was, I was acting out of fear And guess what it caused me to do? It caused me to only act crazy. If I could have been like my client and just had my own back more and just relaxed and been there to love and to enjoy the celebration of my daughter, it could have been a very different situation. I could have let my husband have his you know, moment as a father, I could have participated in the celebration of Lily. I could have relaxed and let him do what he believed was best and important without sort of throwing my spokes in his wheel. Uh, throwing my stick in his spokes. Let me say that right. And I could have had my own conversation with Lily on the side and shared with her my perspective and my reasons and my values and how I wanted to take this opportunity to really celebrate her and what she, who she was and who she was becoming, even if I didn't agree with all of it. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about that sometimes happens around these things is I want you to consider and ask yourself, you know, if ultimatums are coming into place, am I doing this from fear? I would say 99% of the time when we are issuing an ultimatum, it is from fear. So if you find yourself saying this must happen or this must not happen, I think it's a sign that there's, that you're afraid. And often there's fear when we're, we believe we're showing up as the parent that we don't want to be. So you may be telling yourself, my letting them get baptized means they're walking the same path that caused me so much shame. Or by not getting baptized, this is spiritually reckless. And as a parent, you know, I'm failing in my parental duty. It could be both, depending on which side of, you know, the faith spectrum you sit. And a lot of times when we are in that place of fear, we show up issuing ultimatums, which can be very challenging in making decisions and very challenging for our relationships. And when we're in fear, we often can't consider other options. We can't find mutual solutions. We can't find that win-win. We're not finding, we cannot have compassion or vulnerability to really have the conversations where we can find those solutions. It can be really difficult to connect from that place of fear and that place of ultimatum. So then the question might be, so what do you do, right? How can you really approach this? And I want to suggest decide how you want to feel about this upcoming event, about this upcoming baptism or whatever it may be. 
Do you want to feel love, compassion, gentle, calm, curious, accepting? How do you want to feel? Decide on that emotion. And then, so like, say if it's love, then ask yourself, what would love do in this situation? Now, love isn't a doormat. That's not what love means. But what would love do in this situation? What do you need to tell yourself to really feel love? You can create a loving feeling in any situation. You really, really can. You can think thoughts that create love in any situation. Yes, it takes work. Yes, it takes focus. Yes, it takes determination. And guess what? Love feels great. It, because it feels like love, it's really worth it. Compassion feels great. Gentleness feels great. Calm feels great. Curious feels great. So I don't necessarily have all the answers for how you should handle like the upcoming baptism or baby blessing or priesthood ordination or temple marriage. I don't always know like you only you can answer that for yourself how to handle that. But I do want to suggest to you that if you are truly acting from love, it will turn out okay. If you are truly acting from compassion or gentleness or whatever emotion it is that you decide you want to act from, you'll know how you should handle it. You'll know what to do. You'll know what to say. You'll know how to show up for that conversation, for that event for the decisions that need to be made around the event, you'll know. And that's like that. If you go back to the conversation I had with my husband this morning, I decided when I'm like, Oh, this is a baptism conversation. I leaned into openness and love at the very beginning. So I could stay there. So I could be honest and open and direct, but all from a place of love, all from a place of love. And it turned out beautifully. I may maybe didn't say the perfect things or in the perfect way, but I said them from a place of love. And so like nine times out of 10, that's how they're received. All right. This is important work to have these conversations and to, to, to decide how you want to show up around these big events that happen in our lives and in our families and with our children. If you want some extra help and support as you face these things in your life, I suggest coaching. It really does help. I have a group coaching program starting in the very first week of February of 2022. You probably want to be part of that group. To do that, all you need to do is reach out to me, get on one of my free calls, And let's talk and see if you're a good fit for my group coaching program starting in February. All you need to do is go to my website, brookboothcoaching.com, and click on the button that says schedule a free call. Super easy, super convenient. Grab one of my free calls, just a few each month or each week. I do not offer many because my schedule is tight, but you can get one of those. Let's talk. Find out if you're a good fit. You can face a baptism or a baby blessing or a temple marriage. You can face this with love and grace and dignity. I absolutely guarantee it. 
All right, wishing you the best.